High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Dr. Shabir Ahmedjiba before he is a specialist in child and adult psychiatry. He's a leading international ADHD expert, phenomenal in that field. And so we really are very privileged to have him on the show today to talk about just that, you know, the phobias, the panic attacks, um, the, the, the fear that people are experiencing at the moment. So, Dr. Jiva, good afternoon and welcome to the show. Oh, good day. Thank you very much. It's nice chatting with you again. Thank you. I hope that you're keeping well. Yes, I am. I am. Fantastic. Uh, I, Fantastic. I just had I just had a cousin, a doctor who passed away from COVID yesterday, so it was slightly traumatic in the environment. But that's I'm okay. So we all I'm we all coping. We all coping. Our condolences, Dr. Jeeva. That's awful. So thank you for still coming on to the show, and that just no, you know just brings it home and, and just makes it so real for all of us. Doctor no Jeeva. Thank you so much. Dr. Jeeva, I'd, I'd like to actually start off. You know, I've heard the word panic attack used so much recently. So many people seem to be suffering from panic attacks. What is a panic attack? Panic attack is a one form of anxiety which is diagnosed by one of three questions. Do you feel you're going to die? Do you feel you're going to go crazy? Or do you feel that, uh, that you're out of control? So most people that get panic attack, they have chest pains and they think they've got a heart attack. So they really think they're going to go uh, die or go crazy or lose control. So that's how you diagnose uh, one of the three uh, questions if they say yes. And that's a panic attack. And it, it is secondary to any stress. And there's different kinds of anxieties. And panic attack is the most scary one. And there's different coping strategies, which I'll mention to you later whenever we have time. Okay, Fantastic. So, Dr. Jeeva, it's something that's felt in the body because you talk about these chest pains and then you have this idea, I'm going to die or I'm going crazy or I'm out of control. Is it brought about because of a chemical imbalance in the brain? Is it brought about just because, you know, lots of external stresses? Why do people suffer from panic attacks? And why is it on the rise? Why is it on the rise? The thing about panic attacks is... uh, there's a change in the level of lactic acid, and lactic acid gives you cramps and uh, makes your uh, breathing go faster. So the, the treatment of panic attack at the lowest level is uh, a type of breathing. But people breathe short and shallow, and that is, that is uh, unfortunately the opposite thing to do with the panic attack. So there's increase in lactic acid, and they must... Uh, 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 learn to breathe and there's a special way to breathe uh, we can go into it later whenever they want to and uh, the thing is you have to reassure the patient that nobody has ever died from anxiety but for the patient it is real so uh, when he, he thinks he's going to die or go crazy for him it's real you, you can't tell him it's nonsense and things like that it doesn't work like that you have to work with him not uh, be the boss and tell him whatever you want to tell him so mm-hmm. that is the definition breathing is very important and if it uh, if it interferes of some part of your life then like your work or it affects your home life or your social life then it becomes an impairment and then you have to treat it Okay, before we go to treating it, if it does become an impairment, I want to just expand on that breathing, because I'm breathing right now, everyone's breathing, thank God, otherwise we wouldn't be alive, so how do we change our breathing to calm ourselves down when we're having that panic attack? What kind of breathing are you talking about? Uh, okay, uh, 
the breathing that you must stop or prevent is short and shallow. So we're going to do the opposite. So I tell the patient, sit down, imagine you're on the beach in the Bahamas, open your belt, take your shoes off, feel relaxed. And you do this for three minutes in every half an hour. So you breathe in for three. And I count and the patient breathes in. I say one, two, three. The patient has to breathe from their mouth into their tummy. Now air doesn't go into your tummy, it goes to the lower level of your lung. But you tell them tummy, so that means they really have to take the air from their mouth right down into their tummy for the, on the count of three, and that, that is all oxygen. Then they close their mouth, and you count to three. One, two, three. And there's a gaseous exchange. The carbon dioxide comes out, the oxygen goes in. Now you've got too much carbon dioxide. And if you don't get rid of the carbon dioxide, you're going to get cramps and increased lactic acids, and you're going to panic and think we're going to die. So on the breathing out, you open your mouth and you breathe for six. One, two, three, four, whew, five, six. Now by the time you come to four, the breathing is finished. There's no more air to push out. <laughs> then you push it out for, forcefully. Whew, whew. So then you take out more than you took in. So all the extra carbon dioxide or all the negative air is pushed out. So you go in for three through your mouth. You close your mouth for three. One, two, three. And you're going to push out through your mouth. For six, right? Mm -hmm. uh, let me push out the air right from your tummy so that you can imagine you're going to push out all the air. And usually, before the air is finished, yeah, there's no more to breathe now. Then you push, come on, push. And then it works. And it's, it's magical. Within 10 minutes in the emergency, you can curb a panic attack. So you tell the patient you breathe like that for three minutes every half an hour, and eventually it becomes a normal part of your breathing. If you're in a plane or somewhere and you think you're going to die or you're going to get a panic attack, then you say, okay, do your breathing down, they unfasten their belts and whatever, and they start breathing. And within five to uh, ten minutes, you see at least a 50% improvement without medication. Mm. I, I, I personally find breathing very so that's powerful. That's the breathing. Yeah, very powerful. I use it all the time. Just, you know, the deep breathing. I love it. And you feel this immediate relaxing in the body. It's, it's absolutely incredible. So you spoke about before that when it does impede your everyday life, your work, being at home, then you said then you've got to look at treatment. What kind of treatment are you looking at? Okay, so first of all, uh, you have to reassure the patient that you're not going to die because nobody has ever, ever died of a panic attack. And yeah. then secondly, they're going to have cognitive cognitive functions and they're going to have physical function. What does cognitive functions mean? That means in their, in their head they think they're going to go crazy, lose control. They, they, they have feelings they are not real. They're somebody else. They feel their body is not part of their body. It's all in their mind and the mind is very powerful to bring on the panic attacks. Physical symptoms are palpitation, sweating, trembling, feeling of choking. No, I'm going to die for real. Chest pain, nausea, dizziness, numbness, flushes or chills. So the first thing, you have to reassure them that they're not going to die and it's not a panic attack. But to them, they're going to die because that's how they feel. So they go yeah. to the doctor, they go to the emergency, they get checked out, there's nothing wrong with them. And the emergency doctor tells them, yeah, it's a panic attack. Then they come back to our office and, of course, we got tools to treat this. So we give them uh, sublingual antiban. It's a medication that works in two minutes. We put it under the tongue and it completely cuts the panic attack from... From 100%, it drops to about 10%. It's amazing improvement. But that's only for a short term, three and a half, four hours. Then you've got to think now, what are you going to do next? So if you're talking about medication, you've got to start low, 
go slow and aim high. We have medications the, to calm them down immediately, and they take that three times a day. And then we add other medications uh, that it takes about 10 days to work. They are antidepressants. So if, if you know much about medication, the benzodiazepines are used to calm them down immediately, like clonazepam. And the urgent one is sublingual ativan that works in two minutes. Then you add the uh, benzodiazepine and you add a, a serotonin blocking uh, antidepressant with it that takes 10 days to work. Now, that is just the beginning to calm them down. And you've got to sedate them a bit so they're a bit stoned. They're going to be 10% under the weather. If they're awake, they're going to get a panic attack because they can, they can, they can bring it on. Then, the, there's a triangular part of the treatment is biopsychosocial. Biological is, uh, is the medication we, uh, we talked about. Psychological is, uh, now you need cognitive behavior therapy. Uh, that's so, we have to find a cognitive behavior therapist in the community and we have several people that do good work and you need that to uh, help them relax, help them de-stress and to, to see that the panic attack is not real, you're not going to die and that nobody's ever died. So biopsycho, Social, so the psychotherapy, the medication, and the behavior, cognitive behavior therapy. That's the treatment of the condition. That's brilliant. You explained that so well, uh, Dr. Jiva. So then, the next question I have to ask is: a panic attack something that can be cured? In other words, if you look at, if you're addressing it in terms of biologically, you're looking at cognitive behavioral therapy. You realize you're not going to die. Obviously, it takes time. But do can people walk away and that's it? They can put panic attacks behind them. They don't have to identify themselves as a person who has panic attacks. No, they don't have to, but you can fully control it with medication and behavior therapy. To say that it will go away forever, that is uh, difficult to say because it goes away for a while. But could you, you can really bring it back yourself because you can, uh, your mind is so powerful and you develop what you call uh, anticip- anticipatory anxiety. You believe beforehand that it's going to happen. So you start, you start avoiding all the places that uh, it, it happened to you before, like... You don't, you don't want to go to the supermarket or you don't want to go to the movies or something like that. And you've got to prevent a phobia. When it reaches a phobia, then it's a problem. Because phobia, now they become scared, they withdraw, they stay at home, they don't want to go out. So phobia is the problem. The anticipatory anxiety that we can sort out. What is anticipatory anxiety? It's a persistent concern about having another panic attack. So you're mm-hmm. worrying about the con- you're worrying about the consequences of an attack. Am I going to get a heart attack again? Am I going to get a high attack again? And there's significant change in your behavior because you suddenly don't want to go to the supermarket or suddenly you don't want your friends to visit with you. And, and so your, your family worries, what's wrong with you? Why don't you want people to visit with you? But he thinks he's going to get a panic attack again. And he can, he can bring it on. So if you have a series of treatment with the cognitive behavior therapy and your medication, and the most important thing in most of these anxiety conditions is exercise. If you exercise five days a week, then it can de-stress you. So it's very important. So we have to prevent comorbidity. What is comorbidity? Comorbidity are additional things that happen with the anxiety, like depression. If you don't treat the different kinds of anxieties, then you get depressed. With the panic attack, you can get other kinds of anxiety. You can get social anxiety. You can get general anxiety disorder. You can get post-traumatic stress disorder and obsessive compulsive disorders. You can get any and many of these conditions together. And if you don't treat it, you get depressed. But panic attack uh, with breathing and medication, there's a remarkable improvement. 
And, uh, but the patient, no matter what you tell him, he thinks he's going to die. And he's sure that the blood tests are wrong. So he wants another blood test and you can have another blood test and you'll see there's nothing wrong in the blood test. So that's the story of panic attacks. Yeah, fantastic. As in, uh, as you say, if you, if you are aware of it, if you catch it early before, as you say, it becomes, um, you know, anticipatory or certainly before it becomes a, a phobia, um, then it's something that can be managed is what you're saying. If you manage it, if yeah. you're aware of it, and you go and you learn the skills through cognitive behavioral therapy, um, there's definitely a way forward. You know, Dr. Diva, I think that what you shared with us today is so powerful. Um, you know, even if people just from today start using the breathing technique of the inhale to the count of three, holding it to the count of three, exhaling to the count of six, and really getting all of the air out of the oxygen, out of the lungs, as well as exercising, even if they do those first few steps, I think they, they certainly take a step in the right direction. So I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us. It has been a pleasure. Thank you very much.